We human beings seem to really like the idea of a new start. I mean, beyond New Year's, I mean, just think about it, because, you know, every, almost every culture has their New Year of some sort. We have Chinese New Year. We have all these other kinds of New Years that don't fit into our calendar. Um, even the church, you know, we started our New Year back in November with the first Sunday of Advent. That's the new church year. That's when we start our cycle for the year of, of new things. And so even for us, like this, this new year thing, this is a cultural new year, not a religious new year. But we love that idea of a fresh start. I mean, I don't know about you, but have you ever been at a place in your life where you're just like, you know, I'd just like to start over. <laughs> I want to move away from here. I want to go somewhere where nobody knows my name. And I want to start all over again. But it's almost impossible, <laughs> especially today, to start over completely fresh. Because we have this history, we have, we have things behind us, we have, we have all of that going on. And so, and so while the idea of this fresh and brand new start is really wonderful, we always carry with us the past. All those things that we've been and done. And for some of us, as we look at a new year, we look back at the past and we sort of get into this blame and shame game. Like, oh, well, I, you know, I, there, I, didn't, I didn't lose that weight again this year. I didn't, uh, I, didn't, I didn't, you know, write that book this year. I didn't, you know, get that new job or I didn't, you know, whatever it is. Because we, we often start out, we get pressured into it a new year to think about, oh, well, I have all these goals and all these things I want to accomplish. And, and then when we look back, we go, well, I didn't, I didn't accomplish them. And so then we often take on blame for that and shame for that rather than going, well, listen, what, you know, it happened. It's over. How do I move forward? How do I look forward? And some people, they just look forward. They never take responsibility for what they did in the past. They just think, well, it'll all be different. I'll just, whatever, go on, move on. You know, broken relationships and whatever, who cares? I'm just, I'm just moving forward. What's interesting is that... Um, Throughout most of, most of time, most cultures have envisioned time um, as a cycle, right? As just a circular, if you ever heard that, that, that old song, um, uh, really going to show my age now, you know, wheel in the sky keeps on turning, that's a reference to the wheel of time. And that everything just, just, just goes around and around and around, and that there's no real purpose to history, there's no real purpose to time. And so, um, you know, starting something new, it's just like the seasons roll through, right? And then you start again, there's a new season, and, and the, but it's not really going anywhere. But for, but for Hebrews, for the Hebrews who, who began to, um, who believed in this God that was, that was taking them somewhere, they began to see time as more linear, that time had a purpose, that it was moving towards something. And for them, it was, it was you know, this great day of salvation, this day of redemption. And so, and so they began to live their lives a little bit differently, even though they marked the times and the seasons and all of that. They were always looking forward with hope to this time when God would, would come and there would be the day of the Lord. It would be a great and a terrible day because there would be judgment. And there would be salvation. 
And so then we, as the, you know, as the children of the Jews, you know, um, we have that kind of concept of time. That, that time is moving towards something. And not necessarily that it's making progress. That's a different sort of understanding. You know, that's, a, that's a very much a 20th century understanding, was that, that you know, we're making progress towards something and that, and that progress is going to culminate in this wonderful, um, this wonderful utopia. It's not necessarily what we believe. But we believe that, that time and that the history of the world and that everything is moving toward this great day when God in Jesus returns and sets everything right again. And I want to read to you from uh, Revelation 21 about that, about that day. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, It is all done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Some people have interpreted that to, to um, a new heaven and a new earth that, that, that and, it, and it's written in other places that the, that the earth would pass away and, and, and the heavens would pass away. But, but really what, they, what they're saying with that metaphor is that it will be completely redeemed and renewed. That we're not being, that we are not saved, if we want to use that language, we are not saved to go up there, off there, somewhere into heaven at some point in time. But that God, just like in the beginning of time, God made God's home among mortals, that God will once again make God's home among mortals. That everything will be made new. Everything will be redeemed. That, that even the dirt that has been barren because of wars and rumors of wars, because of, of, of you know, environmental degradation because of all the things that we've done to this earth and this humanity that we have been given to care for, that in that day, all of that will be redeemed and made new. And that isn't then an excuse for us just to not do anything here on earth, but it draws us forward to do everything we can to model what that might look like here and now. That we can be emboldened in our lives to make changes, to find new ways to live into this new life that Jesus has already given us in his life and his death and his resurrection. That we might find new ways to spread this idea, this reality that's already around us, but that's very hard to see, that God is present with us in the midst of us through God's Spirit. 
in each and every person in some way or shape or form. And that we have been given a responsibility, as you heard in Psalm 8, we have been given dominion over the earth and over all things. And what we do with that dominion is up to us. But as Christians, we are called to be good stewards, meaning good caretakers, good lovers of the earth and of each and every person on the earth. And that doesn't make our lives easier. It doesn't make our lives easier. In some ways, it makes it more difficult. Because we are called to look at our lives and not just make it about us. You know, some New Year's resolutions are, you know, about others. I'm going to be a better father, a better husband, a better friend. But I would guess most New Year's resolutions are about me. I'm going to lose 22.5 pounds. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write that book. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is. That's very self-focused, which, again, isn't, isn't a negative thing. But as Christians, then we are also supposed to not just look at ourselves, but to look out into the world. Because God does have a purpose in mind for this world, that it will be redeemed, that all people will be redeemed and made new. And we are the ones called to witness to that in this time and in this place. So this is a great excuse in this cultural new year for me to say to you and ask you, what is it that needs to change in your life? What do you need to let go of? What attitudes, what thoughts, what beliefs do you need to let go of to move into a new reality that is already here in Jesus? That you have been set free, that you have been made new, that, that your job, in a sense, as a human being, is to show forth that grace and that love in every possible way that you can. Another question might be is, what season of life are you in? Love that question, because there are seasons. God gave us the seasons. And, and throughout our lives, we're in different seasons. I mean, is it wintertime? Do you feel like it's frozen and cold and you're just not really sure what to do? Everything feels dead inside and, 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 and you know... It just hasn't been a great year and it hasn't been a great life and, and, and all of that. Well, here's the word on that. Seasons change. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Those times come and go, but winter is necessary. Especially as I grew up in the Midwest, like just seeing um, we would plant winter wheat, you know. And, you, and, here, and it's weird, like, you're like, why, why would you plant seeds right before the snows are going to come? It makes no sense, but that's how, that's how, what it makes the wheat work. It has to be under that frozen ground. But then it comes up. Is it springtime for you? Is it, is it, is it that you're sort of feeling like you're thawed out, that, that, you know, maybe things are a little muddy, a little messy, because springtime is all about that. Like the rains come, but then it, it makes things messy. It's, it's time to plant. It's time to put things into the ground. It's, it's, time, to, it's time to make those changes. And, you know, you're, 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 you get the equipment ready and you, and you get it out there into the field, to use that agricultural metaphor again. 
You know, is it a time of planting for you? And, and what are you planting? Are you, are you planting some new friendships and new relationships and maybe in your work or your business? Are you, are you seeking out some new connections and new ways of doing things? Where is God calling you to maybe plant some seeds for a new way of serving and giving in this, in this new year? You could be in summertime. You know, your health is good. Family's good, life is good, work is good, and, and it's just like the sun is shining and it's a beautiful day and, and so you feel like you're right where you need to be and just everything is growing up. All the seeds that you've planted are, are beginning to show forth and, and, and you really feel like you're in a place where you can give even more, where you can shower people even more with, with love and joy and grace. Are you in fall? Are you in a harvest time? where all the things that you've planted, all the things that you've been working on are, are beginning to, to, to show fruit and are, and are coming to fruition. And how do, you, how, do you, how do you show God joy in that by returning thanks to God for the gift of the fruit that you're receiving? And maybe in some ways in your life, you're, you're in different places and different places of your life too. I think the seasons are a fun way of, of looking, at, looking at our lives. But always remember that in Jesus, it's going somewhere. It's not just a cycle, but it's, we're moving toward this redemption of everything and everyone. And so especially if 2016 wasn't a great year, we're still moving toward something great and wonderful in God. And 2016 was a great year. There are even better things that lie ahead. And so our hope is not based on how things were, but on where we are going in Jesus' name. And so my prayer for you today is that you don't just take today to think about new things, but that maybe every morning you thank God for a new life, a fresh start, and a hope that never ends. Amen.